Hello, and welcome to Bard Talk once more. Uh, today's episode is an episode nobody asked for, nobody definitely cares about, and I don't know why we're doing this, but I mean, we're doing this, so it is what it is. Um, ladies and gentlemen, if it pleases the court of public opinion, uh, on trial today are, are the, the musical talents, we'll say, um... In, in regard to who is a better performing artist, um, the prosecution rests with me, uh, and I will be on the charge for Camila Cabello, and coming back for a third time to debate on t Team T-Swifty is Jess. Say hello, Jess. Hi there. You ready for this? I am very ready for it. <clears throat> um, okay. So let's let's agree on some ground rules. I think ground rules are fine, right? Okay. Uh, this is all fun and games. We're not supposed to get heated. There'll be no yelling. Um, I can't promise that. Both, both artists, respectively, have enough talent to have signed contracts. They publish music professionally. Yes. Uh, the, I'm not going to slander anybody... Um, Good. their integrity, their character, uh, I don't hold anything against T-Swizzle. Um, I, I think some of her, some of her, her some of her beats, uh, her songs, if you want to call them that, are, uh, they're bops, you know? They're bops. I mean, maybe a one-trick pony, but they're bops. So, uh... <laughs> My eye is twitching right now. <laughs> Well, that's fine, because I've, I've decided that uh, you can have the opening statement. I don't want the opening statement. Well, that's usually what happens, though. Like, you're a guest, so, like, you get to go first. You get to explain why Taylor Swift is the superior performing artist. I don't think you can really explain it in, like, a quick little soundbite. Um, but I did come prepared with some research. Oh, she's got notes. So, uh, I don't know if you want me to, like, dive right into, like, her whole bio, or... Ah, make a compelling argument for why she's better than Camila Cabello. I mean, I just feel like... You can't? How is she not? <laughs> how many Album of the Year awards has Camila Cabello won? Objection. Uh, Your Honor, if it pleases the court of public opinion, Camila Cabello is of Cuban and Mexican descent, and Taylor Swift's audience is primarily old grandmas that buy their granddaughters CDs for Christmas. It's not even comparable. Um, alright, objection to that, because uh, that may have been true ten years ago, but it's not the case anymore. Taylor are, Swift are you... fans are women in their 30s, oh. 20s, and maybe teens. Oh, yeah? But she is beloved. Minority women? Young women. Women that make up, like, smaller demographics? Is that what you're trying to tell we me? We're going there right away. We're just... She's very popular I, among on... white women. Yeah. White okay. women love Taylor Swift. Yeah, and there's a lot of them in the country. So sure like, are. I th I, my objection isn't you but bringing that Grammys up. But the Grammys are not decided by my like, objection, popular vote. My objection is that we can't be bringing album sales top chart hits like i don't i don't care how well they've done commercially because 
her target audience is the majority of America. Everybody feels safe buying their kid a Taylor Swift CD or download. People hear the name Camila Cabello and they just know it's not, uh, you know, Taylor Swift. And so they assume there's an inherent danger that the lyrics might be dirty or that, you know, she's not, she's not, you know, uh, she doesn't look like them. So she's, she could be dangerous for her kids. Okay, I think that's one of the most offensively, like, absurd things I've ever heard. As absurd as it may be, it's, it's, uh, my objection again, isn't to Taylor's great success, her world-renowned success, if we will. My objection is just that if this is going to be a contest of album sales, I, I lose. I concede the argument. But... As you should. I think that it's... It that album sales and the popularity among a larger demography negate everything else. And I wanted to argue on more personal merits as as to why the artist is or isn't better. You know, I have I have prepared beautiful notes as as to why Camila Cabello is far superior. As I know you have, as I know you have, and and I will allow you to to continue on. Um, So in this debate about two musical artists and who is better, you don't want to argue about the music part. You want to talk about them personally? I just Is that what I'm getting out of this? No, I just don't want to talk about album sales or awards won. I think that... Those are unfair terms. I, maybe. I do not. I do not agree to those who, terms. Who makes up most of the academy? Uh, people, artists. Okay. People in the industry. Right, and and the people that control the industry are majoritively old white men. Uh, none of that is Taylor's fault. I didn't say it was. I'm just saying that the information doesn't. It doesn't sift out the finer grains of truth. It it does it leaves too much leaves too much on the table. But you can't acknowledge those you can't not acknowledge those things. Well, consider them acknowledged but irrelevant. Not irrelevant. No, it's all relevant to the full like story, the full picture. So give the full picture then. You want the full picture? All sure. right. Sure. Taylor Allison Swift was born December 13, 1989, and grew up on a Christmas tree farm in Wyomissing, Pennsylvania. <laughs> Is this the kind of in-depth shit you want? I don't care. <laughs> if you think that has any relevance. I'm just telling you about Queen Taylor. Go ahead. Pontificate. Um, I'm not going to go through her whole bio. I just wanted to give you a little bit of history on her. Her history is... She, I have seen her perform at a Reading Phillies game. Okay. Um, there's a little bit of hometown pride attached to this. Okay. So, like, she's from here. You know, she's my girl. Mm-hmm. And how did she start her musical career? Uh, same way a lot of people do. She sent demos out, and uh, when she was 14, I believe, she... Uh, was offered an artist development deal and then at 15 she was signed by the 
brand new uh, Big Machine Records, and her debut album came out when she was 16. I mean, that's a lot to accomplish by the time you're 16. Sure. Um, yeah, well, uh, so, so in that regards, Camila Cabello was born in Havana, Cuba. Her dad was from Mexico City, so she split her childhood in Havana and in Mexico City before moving to Miami, and her dad couldn't move with them because he didn't have a green card or whatever. So she spent her formative years, like her junior high school, high school years, without the influence of her dad. And then, um, you know, joined uh, Fifth Harmony, I think it was called. Got on the X Factor. uh, Had a breakout song. Spent some time with them. Went on to do her own stuff. She's collabed with people like Machine Gun Kelly and Shawn Mendes. And she's had great success at a very young age. One point for Camila Cabello. I, I know your audience can't see my face right now, but like, uh, okay, literally all of that can be said about Taylor. But okay. Well, I mean, like, so, so, is this a true and factual statement? Once interviewed, uh, I, I don't know where, but you can look it up on YouTube. Donald Trump once said, Oh, Jesus Christ. That. If he were going to run for political office, he would do so as a Republican because those people are a moron. Or they are morons. Um, Taylor Swift broke into country music for the same reasons. Yes or no? No. (laughs) Did she not choose country music as her avenue in because Nashville and dumb rednecks would buy her albums and it's really easy to write no i also don't think that that's true of country at the time or before i can't really speak to current country (laughs) um but uh, no 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 just no just no all right so we're calling this round a wash Okay, I declare one more point for Camila Cabello. So, we're too odd. Okay. Um, What else do you got for me? What what about Taylor Swift? Let's talk about her personally. What kind of charity work has she done? Uh, On a more local level, she donated a couple thousand books to the Reading Public Library. Mm -hmm. Um, Taylor Swift does a lot of low-key charity work, kind of off the radar. Usually the only time we hear about it is because the recipient of some of her charity has like told the public about it. Oh my God, I can't believe Taylor Swift donated to my GoFundMe. Um, that's the kind of thing she does. Um, how much money did she give for the vaccine efforts? I don't know because she doesn't tell people that, but I'm sure Dolly called her for help on Moderna and I'm sure she helped out. So what you're telling me is that Taylor Swift didn't help get rid of coronavirus. Uh, you know what? Maybe she didn't, but she did get us fucking through it with two full albums recorded, written, produced entirely in quarantine. Mm-hmm. But the actual vaccination... Uh, what was Camilla's contribution to the vaccine? You know, I think what the joy um, 
the no, insight, what was her contribution? The insight that she's given the Latino community on get vaccinated. Uh, she joined various campaigns. But like the production of the vaccine, though? Uh, she joined various campaigns to bring awareness of the vaccine to the Latino community. Um, but you said that it was a problem because Taylor. Well, uh, I mean, she doesn't have as much money didn't as Taylor Swift. Okay, to the like production she of it. But but she doesn't have the kind of money where she can be like, should I give money to help people get vaccinated against a virus, or should I buy my catalog back? What should I do? She didn't really have those options available to her. Well, Taylor didn't buy you know, her because, masters back. Like as like most minorities, she only makes a fraction of what white women make. <laughs> I feel like I'm on Tucker Carlson's show right now. And I hope that that thought keeps you up at night. Okay, but like, are you Tucker? Because no. I'm definitely not arguing for white people. Um, I'm, I'm just stating that, like, asking Camila Cabello, who no doubt suffered greatly during the pandemic because she was not able to get out there and do gigs. And as you know, record companies are horrendous towards music artists. That's why Taylor Swift used her money to, like, you know, buy the publishing rights to all of her music back because she had a lot of money. She didn't do that, though. She does not own her old masters. That's why she's re-recording those albums. Right, right. It doesn't cost money to do that other than, you know, when she's... Recording time. Yeah. Right, right. Cool. Um, so, you know, I, I would say that, like, some of the other things that have happened... Camila Cabello, uh, her... What's that thing that women use on the internet that, like, no guy has... It's like a wall you pin things to. Is it Pinterest or Tumblr? It's Pinterest, and I think you know it's Pinterest. I think Tumblr is is another one. But, you know, she when she was like 14 or 13, um, I think she had on her Tumblr some less than appealing content in which she may or may not have said the N-word repeatedly and done other things. But... Um, you know, she put out a statement and she said that she was a dumb teenager, an ignorant teenager who didn't know any better. And it was a moment of growth. And she's gone on to do a lot of great awareness things for teenagers to realize that, like, the content they put on the Internet is forever. And I, I find that, like, that's really poignant. It's it's good for the community in that she's a role model to so many you know young latino girls minority girls and and she's trying to say like hey you know the things that you do are there forever has taylor swift ever reached out to her audience and like helped them in any way like that yeah uh taylor swift has given like cash out of her pockets to her fans before oh um, That's like the white solution, isn't it? Like, I'm sorry, here's some money. She's also done a lot of um, work with charities. Like Arbor Day? Yes, planning, she's a huge fan of Arbor Day. Planting Christmas trees across America? Yeah, she's super into that. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. Okay. 
Alright, well, I can see we're getting nowhere with this fast, so let's move on to some other things. So, again, this is all playful. We're not serious. None of this is serious. Nobody really cares. Um, but I thought we would take five of our favorite lyrics from their songs and really argue the passion behind it and, and, and honestly put it before you, the people, to decide who is the better writer. Are you on board with that? Sure. Would you like to go first? Are we going to do like one and one, two and two? Yeah, like we'll do gonna... like one and one. Okay, okay. We'll do one and one. Uh, let's see here. <clears throat> I'm going to pull my first one from my absolute favorite Taylor Swift song. Are we doing the top five songs as well at some point? At some point, yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll well talk about it. all right. So spoiler alert: number one favorite song is "Ivy" from her newest album, her newest original album of uh, "Evermore." So the lyric—it's a song about longing and not being able to be with the person that you want to be with. Um, so the lyric says, "I can't stop putting." I can't stop you putting roots in my dreamland. My house of stone, your ivy grows, and now I'm covered in you. She's so good with the imagery. Um, so many of her lyrics are so visual, and you can see exactly what she wants you to be thinking about or to be seeing in that moment. And I think that's a really good example of her imagery. Mm-hmm. Okay, did, did you know is is that like Pennsylvania Ivy or is that Nashville Ivy or like where does she even live now? I actually don't know. I've been wondering that recently. If she's in Nashville or L.A. or if she's living in England these days. Hmm. Interesting. Maybe it is England. Maybe she's singing about English Ivy. Cool. Well, you know, as you know, I think that. One of the things that makes Camila Cabello so unique is like her broad range. She's really always hearkening back to her roots in Havana, uh, her time in Mexico City, the Cuban influences in Miami. Like she just she brings so much to the table. And I, I got to say, as my first lyric that I'll throw out there as just an impassioned heart filled one comes from the song something's gotta give uh and she writes counterfeit emotions only run so deep know you're lying when you're lying next to me girl is a pisces you don't even have to look up her birth date we know these are things we know you lie to us we know and like for her to write about like counterfeit emotions I mean, how who doesn't have a partner who just bluffs and manipulates you to get something they want and then ultimately leaves you with nothing? Like, it was just so poignant. And, and the whole song, Something's Gotta Give, is one of her, like, slower, more uh, dramatic songs. It really shows off her vocal range. She's got highs and lows. I mean, she's a registered, like, soprano, but... She gives you a little bit of everything in that song. It's so good. Everybody go listen to Something's Gotta Give. What is so funny about that? 
Nothing, I'm fine. Okay. It's your turn there, S.A. If you're ready to, to continue this duel. Sure, this one's a, it's a very short one. And it comes from probably her absolute saddest song. Um, it's called Soon You'll Get Better. It was a song that she wrote about her mother's ongoing cancer battle. And um, the lyric is, Holy orange bottles, each night I pray to you. I mean, again, with the imagery, she says holy orange bottles, and you see those orange prescription bottles in your head. I mean, she, the way she writes, it's so evocative. You can feel the emotion behind that line, and you see what she's seeing. I mean, like, I hear that lyric, and I can see them on a shelf, and it's like sunset, like the sun's coming through the windows. It's very evocative. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I feel bad that her mom had cancer. You should. And, um... It's mostly your fault. <laughs> I'm glad she took time out of her songwriting to not write about one of her exes for a change. Apparently the only thing that evokes a bigger draw of emotions from Taylor than breaking up with somebody is literally cancer. Wow, what year is it? Is it 2010? It's 2010 material on Taylor. Can't even get creative. Woof. Alright, so going back to the Cuban queen. Does um, she write her own lyrics? By the way. Um, okay, like, so she collabs a lot with a lot of people, uh-huh. but um, she writes a lot of her own lyrics, and then she has assistants writing the music. Okay. Um, is her name on every one of her singles, though? Uh, I don't think she has that kind of ego. Or talent. I don't, I don't think, like, in the in with a world of things that matter to her making sure that she gets paid for everything and gets, you know, her name on everything and uh, doesn't donate her large sums of money to help fight coronavirus is just not... Yeah, that's for sure why Taylor you know, writes she her doesn't, music. She doesn't... It's not for, like, creativity or artistic expression or anything. Well, I mean, when you just go through boyfriends, like most people go through underwear... Like, you gotta put your name on things. I will things. not stand for <laughs> slut-shaming in this house. Uh, okay, okay. I withdrawn, withdrawn. That was, that was, I wasn't going in that direction. That was, was some sexist bullshit. I wasn't going in the direction of su- slut-shaming. But, you know, I mean, I, I will, I'll accept that it, it had flavorings of that. Uh, if you will, though, um, I would like to move on to, to my second sampling of somebody who really, truly reaches down into the lower cockles of your heart and just just tugs at those areas. Um, This is from her song Consequences, which is such an emotionally driven song. Um, She doesn't spend a lot of time talking about specific people. Like, she doesn't break up with somebody to write a song about it. But she writes about the feelings around losing somebody and the personal loss felt not the commercial money to be made on it but consequences is one of those songs where like she she plays piano she broad she she kind of lets you know like hey she's not just a vocal artist she she's talented in other ways and and this song is touching 
it's it means a lot to me um and the lyric is a steady place to lay down my defenses but loving you had consequences and it just it just reminds you that like we take chances you know when you, when you risk telling somebody how you feel when you risk being emotionally evolved with somebody that that there's consequences to when things go wrong and she doesn't take personal jabs at the person she's not she's not talking about it even in a negative light she's just saying like there's risk there's reward and there's consequences and i just i think it's a great song i think it shows off a lot of her talents I guess the next one I'm going to go with, uh, I'll do a longer one this time since my last one was short. So this is from Cardigan. And it's from one of those infamous Taylor Bridges. Um, the U.S. government should be paying her for the amazing bridges that she builds. Um, so like I said, this is from Cardigan. Because I knew you, stepping on the last train marked me like a blood stain. I knew you, tried to change the ending, Peter losing Wendy. I knew you, leaving like a father, running like water. The poetry of that line. Again, the imagery, like I can see all of these images like flash past my eyes when she sings this. And it's just such a beautiful heartbreaking song and those lyrics just they're just choice like <laughs> just I, leaving like a father running like water like just that just beautiful did did her father leave her no because taylor doesn't have to write about her only her own life she's a storyteller oh that's part of why she gravitated toward country at the beginning of her career and why her first three albums were country. At the end of the day, Taylor's a storyteller. Right. Okay. Okay, that's that I mean that's cool. That's cool. I hope hope you are all enjoying this. Um, this fun fun little chit chat here. Um I I think uh this is this is true this is a truth if if you're if you're one of those those signs that just like easily falls in love with people, just something catches you. There there's like a feeling of helplessness. There's like you can't even start to to object to it. You get caught up in the moment. It's Camilla sings about celebration so much. Celebrating life, celebrating love, celebrating uh, Cuba and Miami and like where she came from and the people that surrounded her. But like this, this song, if you've never heard Never Be the Same, it is a jam. It's one of her better songs. Uh, one of my personal favorite songs. And the lyric comes from Never Be the Same. I'm a sucker for the way that you move, babe. And I could try to run, but it would be useless. Goddamn, if that doesn't describe every time I've fallen in love, like, you just can't. There's something that grips you. It's like being pulled in by a tractor beam. 
And like, if we go back to the other song, Consequences, like, you know, maybe you shouldn't, you shouldn't be doing that. Maybe that person's bad for you, but damn it to hell, does it feel so good to be so helplessly in love with somebody with no escape. I don't know, man, fish get caught in nets and we just, we have, we have nothing. We have nothing for the net. We just fall into it. It's a very straightforward lyric. <laughs> oh yeah? It is. Okay. It's just a straightforward lyric. I mean, yeah. there's not a lot of poetry in it, but that's okay. It's very straightforward. Mm. Um, yes. My next lyrical pick actually is also kind of more straightforward. Um, a little less poetic, but I... I have a note next to it that just says truth. So um, this is from New Year's Day. I didn't actually write the names of the songs down when I wrote this. Now I'm having to remember. Uh, this is from New Year's Day, which is a song about New Year's Day. And she's got this new love in her life and she's feeling really good about it. And she's having all of these thoughts as she's cleaning up the night before his party. And so one of the lines in yet another of those famous Taylor Swift bridges, it's, please don't ever become a stranger whose laugh I could recognize anywhere. I mean, just think about that. Like, it's just such a beautiful line. The idea that one day you could be a stranger and yet you'll never be a stranger. And so she's just begging, like, I don't want you to ever be somebody that I don't know, but know so deeply. Just a beautiful lyric. I mean, I guess if you only date famous people, you never have to worry about that. Yep. So you want poetry, you know, you want, you want the music that's in your face that you don't have to think about. You just consume. And then, you, then you want some nuance, right? You want something that's really going to make you think about the anguish or or the moment in time. And, and I got to tell you, this lyric comes from Living Proof, one of the greater songs on our first album. And I think it's it's, you know, anybody that deals with mental illnesses and shame and feeling like they're less than somebody it's going to feel this. Um, the lyric is counting freckles as they run down your spine, show your demons and I might show you mine one at a time. Like that's, that's when you're at that point in the relationship where like, okay, you've gone on a couple dates and that you're really starting to get involved with them. But like, you know, you got, you, you have things in your past. You have, issues you have complexes and 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 you just you don't want to scare them away and there's this internal battle that you fight with yourself about how much you want to give up to that new person how much of you they care about and want to know about and like again you know the imagery of just having a a, a lazy day and it's beautiful but you're just a giant bag of anxiety Hmm. Okay. Um, you called Taylor a one 
trick pony at one point, but I'm hearing a lot of like kind of similar themes yeah. in your lyrics, but that's okay. Okay. Um, so I'm going to shift to something very different. I'm actually making a last minute change here uh, because the next one that I had picked out is another, is actually my favorite lyric of hers. It's beautiful. I, it gets stuck in my head and I doodle it everywhere. But um, it's a little bit more in line with the others that I've already shared. So um, I'm going to mix it up and I'm going to add in this one. It's a shorter one. It's from a song called This Is Me Trying. And it's from Folklore. It is one of those songs that it just kind of punches you in the gut when you hear it for the first time. And every time after that. And it's just kind of about people who are really struggling. But, you know, even on those bad days when everybody kind of feels like you're a piece of shit um you're still trying and you know people see that you're trying on the good days but they don't always see it on the bad days when you are still trying so anyway um this line as a former gifted kid burnt out former gifted kid kind of hit me in the feels um and it's just it says they told me all of my cages were mental so I got wasted like all my potential. And I think if you were a another former gifted kid who's burnt out on life, that, that hits you right in the feels. Yeah? Yeah. Well, over in the the not gifted side of things... Sucks to be you, man. I got Camilla coming in here with another just... You know, questioning the universe. It's okay. We can't all take AP classes. I think... <laughs> oh, wow. I, I mean, if somebody could wear privilege like a badge... <laughs> audioly, <laughs> Like, sure. I, I'll take that. Fine. Yeah. Uh, any short bus jokes on your way out? No. Okay. I don't go there. So, so, so Camilla, you know... Um, again, so intro perspective, introspective, like when, when something happens, you know, she's not thinking entirely about the impact on just her emotions, but more on who she is as a person, like giving so much of yourself to somebody, be it a friend, a colleague, a lover, your family, and then they do something that makes you question the universe around them. And so this this one comes from the song I Have Questions. Really good song. Go listen to that one. Uh, and the verse is, You got some nerve trying to tear my faith apart. And like, it's not a surface level faith like, you know, religious faith. It's like faith in humanity. Faith in a person. Like when when somebody has access to your soft underbelly... And they take advantage of that. And then like you, you are then marked for the rest of your life to wonder if other people aren't going to pull the same kind of BS and try to hurt you where, where you're most vulnerable. And so it shakes your faith. It changes who you are. And she's mature enough in her lyrics to recognize that. Okay. Yeah. So um, if you're listening along, I'm going to throw it out there. Uh, on my Twitter, JoshDep5. I'm sorry. That's my Instagram. <laughs> Instagram at JoshDep5. 
Twitter is CappinJDP. You know, go on there. Tell us who you think had the better lyrics on this one. Uh, I think it's pretty obvious. I think we know who's singing about variety and depth and really getting to the meat of things. But, you know, uh, we want to hear from you, so chime in. Um, We're going to move this right along. Top five songs and what they mean to you. Are you ready for this? Sure. And I'll yield you to go first before, as before, because, you know, guest. Are we going five to one or one to five? Uh, I'm going five to one. Okay. You do your I best to keep up. I will also do five to one then. So number five, I should preface this. Um, I did not do a true top five for myself um, because I didn't think that would be fair or representative of her as an artist because it would have been like three off of Folklore and two off of Evermore. And they're beautiful, amazing, brilliant albums. Um, but... They're not Taylor Swift's only work. So I limited myself to one song from every album for context. So number five is Cruel Summer from Lover. Um, Most of these are not singles. Her singles are rarely her best work. It's fine. It's like a, it's a strategy. So Cruel Summer from Lover. If COVID hadn't hit, this would have been the biggest song of summer 2020. Um, it's carefree, it's light, it's kind of breezy, it's got that signature catchy as hell bridge. Um, it's just about that new kind of summer love feeling, and it's it's fizzy like a good soda. Like, it's just uh, a fun, beautiful summer song. It's a great jam. Mm-hmm. Is it a rap? No. Okay. I just felt like I had to ask. Uh, the only song I know off of Lover, I think, is the title song that mm-hmm. they played ad nauseum around Christmas. Yeah, beautiful song. Just just punched you in the face with it. Yeah, as they should. Good, safe song, you know. It's uh, good, good, white bread, wholesome, miracle whip, Americana. Yeah, Lover is. Sure. Cool, cool, cool. Um... I, you know, it's so hard picking Camila Cabello's uh, best work, even though she doesn't have the catalog that Taylor Swift has. Um, and I think time will bear that out. I think I think she'll catch up. You know, mm-hmm. she's 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 young, talented, got a good good background. So, uh, but for me, it's it's gonna be easy. I think easy is a hidden gem. You have to look for easy to find it. It's on her latest album, and it's one of those, like, it it doesn't sound like anything else that she does. It's it's kind of light. It it would have been a summer jam, but like it's it's you know it's it's kind of hidden in there. Nobody really promoted it. If you go and buy her album, you're gonna find it, and you're really gonna love Easy. I I don't know what else to say about it. It's a great song. Okay. Mm-hmm. So my number four is off of 1989, and it is Blank Space, which I think probably everyone in the world can agree is another just, like, solid jam of a song. Everybody likes Blank Space. Uh, she heard all of the same jokes that, you know, you may have relayed, and so did everyone else about her dating and breaking up and dating and breaking up, and... Uh, she leaned into it. She made an entire song and music video, like, making fun of herself and her public image as, 
you know, having a list and, you know, she's got a blank space for your name. It was just, it was a fun little like, haha, I get it. I've heard it. But, you know, it just, she got herself in on the joke and it was just, it's a jam. Live your truth, right? Like live your truth. Uh, blank space is a jam. No, I, I mean, you. I don't know how many times I've seen people with a tattoo, like, uh, daydream dressed as a, or nightmare dressed, dressed as a daydream, like, yep. you know, whatever. Lyric. Cool. Um, I think this is one of Camilla's breakout hits. It's one that, like, really showcases her vocal range. And it's, you know, she is a soprano. She'll give you those lows. But in this song, you get both. You get both, and you get a song about just the helplessness you feel about love. And, of course, that's never be the same. When you describe love as a narcotic, I don't think there's any higher quality of just a fun, catchy, bop, pop love song. And it's it's not done in traditional, like, pop overtones it's got a very latino feel it's got hints of her mexican roots and cuban roots it's just it's a great song gotta love it never be the same um she gets a little a little shit in there for like the way she rhymes morphine with a certain other drug but like you know what nobody makes fun of slim shady for doing it so and she's she's even said that like Eminem is one of the people that she looks up to and and it's an influence. Eminem definitely swings words to make them sound right. Okay. Mhm. All right. Uh well, my number 3 is off of Reputation. Um when I made this list, I did end up using just her five most recent albums. Um, so off of Reputation, I have I Did Something Bad. This is the last of the upbeat songs on my list. It's just like a great upbeat, fun kind of F.U. song. Um, it's a great song to get you pumped up. It's just, you know, she heard the rumors and the tabloids and Reputation was her big comeback after the big downfall. Um... And she's like, you know what? Everybody says I did something bad. I had fun. Who cares? And it's it's just a great song to like get you pumped up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Good for her. Camilla's coming at you, though, with like something that I think everybody's felt. This This song is like, damn, man. Like, damn. Uh... Real Friends. Real Friends is a song about, like, you know, you you grow as a person. You become somebody new. Like, I know I'm not the same person I was at 25. I'm definitely not the same person I was as a teenager. And that's kind of the things, like, when you have friends that don't ever grow, you grow out of them. And Real Friends is a song about just moving past that immature group of people that are really just, you know, they're stuck. And, and you're, you're becoming more emotionally mature and you need people that are going to match that and people that aren't just trying to make fun of you or use you 
or use your fame or what's what the good things that you've got going and never bring anything to your life. And I think Real Friends is great song. Again, it's got different elements. You can tell this isn't uh, one of her more like Spanish song based ones. This is more of a poppy one. But it's also like a sad song. It's just done in the key of like a major. So it's it, it's different. It, it feels good. It rolls well. You should listen to Real Friends. Okay. I'll do that. So my next one, number two, is from Folklore. And it's a song called Peace. It is possibly it's definitely one of her most mature songs it's a beautiful song and it doesn't get a lot of hype from the fandom as much as i think it should um because it's kind of a a sleeper hit it's toward the end of the album it's after you know the infamous betty so people kind of emotionally check out after that uh but they really shouldn't peace is a beautiful song um talk about vulnerable it's about telling this new person in her life that, you know, she loves him and she wants all of these great things. Um, but she also knows the reality of what comes with being Taylor Swift and what that means for a relationship. And, you know, the main lyric of the song is, would it be enough if I could never give you peace? Uh, she knows that it's never going to be a peaceful life to be with her. But she wants that anyway. And would that be enough for him? It's beautiful. Mm. Mm-hmm. I do love a song where you toot your own horn about your success. Me too. It's just a good... That's always a good approach. You it's really connect. excellent approach. You connect with your audience. Absolutely. Because um, that certainly can't, you know, also apply to, like, somebody with mental illness or anxiety even like couldn't apply in those situations um all right well i'm just gonna i'm gonna throw this out as a question have you ever heard living proof no living proof is a song you would totally love it's poetry it's acoustic it's it shows off a range in her voice like she hits some she hits some crazy notes on that. I mean like damn near dog whistle high notes. Things that we haven't witnessed since the days of like Whitney Houston, young Mariah Carey, like just vocal talent oozing from it. It's, it's got poetry, it's it's got a lot of fun things. When this podcast is over, will you listen to Living Proof? Absolutely. It is a jam. I know my audience would love it. Clearly, like one of her best songs, and again, it's not—it's not a single. Like it's—it's it's one you have to be a true fan and really own the album yep. and listen to her music in depth. And I—I uh, I, I don't know what else to say. Like Living Proof is just great song, and she says Van Gogh. I know you love Van Gogh. <laughs> Van Gogh's in the song. If you're gonna name drop, Van Gogh. Right on. I will give that a listen. Coming down to it, huh? Mm-hmm. Is this going to be like the hard-hitting, hitting it out of the park, closing argument type favorite song? Um, 
Probably not, actually. Mostly because I can admit Ivy is not her, like, most poetic. It's up there. It's not the greatest melody. It's up there. Um, there's just something about the song Ivy off of Evermore. I just can't explain it, whether it's the melody, the imagery, the plant aspect of it. I don't really know. It's just a beautiful, beautiful song about longing and everything about it I just love. So, you know, I can't throw down and say this is lyrically her best song or this is sonically her best song. I can just say this is my absolute favorite song by her. Cool. Are you a cancer? I sure am. God damn. Like, that is some sad S. Oh, yeah. Um, for Swifties, sad bitch hours are 24-7. Well, you know, I have no I have no room to, to throw stones. Yeah, you're a water sign. I mean, that's what we do. I am, uh, I'm actually going to close off my top five. Um, the last of... Of pretty much what I have to say, the song that, like, again, I guess it is a signal, a single, but it's not, it never made it to the charts. Like, it's one of those songs where she plays piano, she takes it down a notch, it's not a Latin-inspired song, it's not, um, like, you know, her influences are Rihanna, Eminem. Um, a lot of Latin singers who I wouldn't even begin to try to booger their name in pronunciation. Like it's, it's, it's a slow song and it's, it's the one I actually heard this while I was down in Florida and like, I, I I knew, I knew she was a Pisces listening to this song (laughs) and that's consequences. And I know you've heard consequences. Like it is. God, that song made me cry the first time I heard it. It was so good. So good. And I think if if you're going to if you're going to get into sad bitch hours, consequences will get you there. I the rest of her songs very upbeat, very party like. Um honorable mentions, of course, No Crying in the Club. Who doesn't want to take their friends to the club and just dance? Just dance. Fuck them. You know, screw that guy who hurt you or girl. Like, that's not what we're here for. We're here to have a good time. I'm going to get you through this. Honorable mention for that song. Uh, the one she does by, uh, with uh, Machine Gun Kelly is kind of a copy. It, I, it, it samples Fastball. I love Fastball. Cool 90s band. Um, Crying in the Club also sampled. Huh? Crying in the Club also sampled. Christina Aguilera. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, just so many good things going on uh, with that. But, but that's it. I mean, I, I think uh, we made as much an argument as two people who aren't music critics can. <laughs> um, I, I hope you realize this was all in jest. I, 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 I don't think <laughs> I don't think you can compare the two. Uh, I wish them both success and same. This was a dumbass podcast idea, <laughs> uh, mostly because of the hype around King Kong versus Godzilla. <laughs> like, it's as stupid of an idea. 
Um, and and I don't know, fuck that movie, right? Like because we yeah. all know Godzilla would rip Kong apart with like one radiation blast. He's a lizard that shoots radiation. Fuck <laughs> off with that. Uh, but thanks for coming on, talking nonsense. Uh, I know there's a lot of very serious things going on in the news right now. Um, and, and I've said before, I said on the last podcast, like, I'd love to come on here and talk about, uh, the George Floyd, uh, trial that's going on. The Derek Chauvin trial. The Derek Chauvin. Floyd is not on trial. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. My apologies. I, yes. Um, I'd like to talk about that dumbass cop who, whose defense is literally, I thought I was pulling my taser. Like, my God. My God, ladies and gentlemen, I I would, I would love to talk about that kind of stuff, but, um, you know, I, I want to, to do those topics respect and, and, uh, I'll be honest, it takes a lot to, to be on top of these kind of things. And I want to bring in the kind of people that have a dog in the fight who care about this kind of thing. And, and I want it to be meaningful. I just don't want to throw out a podcast. This was fun. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't this is just supposed to be fun i know i pick at i picked at you and like like antagonistically tried to bait you into an argument but like that's ah, that's that's just i don't take myself serious i'm not i'm not a music critic i don't know what i'm talking about um i think most people probably find it funny that i listen to camilla cabello but like <laughs> if you know me in real life i listen to a lot of women uh artists like rihanna and you listen to a, a lot of varied artists. Yeah. It's... You are one of the few people who, when you say, oh, I listen to everything, that's actually true. Yeah. Um, yeah, my, my, my phone has quite the shuffle. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I play music, but I really, I don't know the finer points of music theory or anything like that, so I can't take myself too serious in any regard. So thanks for coming on. Thanks for thanks having me. Thanks for this stupid, fun little back and forth. <laughs> I hope Anytime. people, you know, I honestly, I do. I hope people go listen to the songs that we recommended. <laughs> I hope so too. And uh, they're amazing songs on both sides. Uh, yeah, I mean, just just listen. Go enjoy yourself. Have fun. Do what you got to do um, to get through the day. And and until next week. And who knows what the hell I'll do next week. I, I don't I don't know what I'm doing tomorrow. So <laughs> we'll see. Thank you so much for coming on, Jess. And uh, I hope everybody enjoyed this. Mm-hmm.